everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Winging It F1 podcast. It's just me and Adam. Uh, this week, the man with a shower in the Midlands, which doesn't function properly, does it, Adam? Uh, I thought I would get that fact in this year, which I have now. Dawn, how are you doing, Adam? Uh, disturbed. But uh, I'm good. Apart from that, I'm <laughs> looking, it's Super Bowl Sunday, so I'm looking forward to that. I've got my most Super Bowl yeah. shirt on, which isn't really anything to do with the Super Bowl. But Nigel, since you are much better at predictions, do you think the Philadelphia Eagles or the Kansas City Chiefs will win? Uh... NFL, which I don't watch, is one of the few sports I don't watch. But I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win. Okay, I think. Yeah. I genuinely can't call it. It's really close. Well, um, I just happened you haven't. Well, yeah, because you don't know anything. That's kind of makes it easier. You could have just flipped a coin. I'm, I'm going to say the Kansas City Chiefs, and then I will get it wrong again because Nigel is a lot better at predictions than me. So yes. there we go. I cannot wait for our... You know what? One of my favourite episodes every year, and I can say every year now because we've done this for like, this fourth season, is the, F, is the pre-F1 preview when we make our predictions. Like, it's what it's, I just love it. Uh, yeah, so... But that'll be in a few weeks. Because uh, this week, we're, we are talking about uh, the three teams that launched the cars over the last seven days. We have, of course, had Williams, Alfa Romeo and Alfa Tauri on Saturday night. In New York, which I don't think many people watch unless you're a bit nerdy or weird. Uh, so we're going to talk about Williams. I did, just for the record. I'm unnerdy and unnerdy. Yeah, I didn't. Did you? <laughs> uh, yeah, but we're, we're going to talk about Williams first. Uh, they've got a bit of golf, uh, haven't they, Adam? Uh, but what else caught your eye on the launch? Um, I do actually have a bone to bit with some. Car launches. I didn't put this on the on our planning doc because it's only just come into my mind. But we'll come back to that at the end because there's a lot of criticism of car launches. So I don't want to say that something on that at the end. Um, but yeah, in in terms of Williams, um, I mean it's nice nice having golf back. Um, they've obviously not gone kind of full golf livery, or they've only kind of got the sticker on really. Um, I hope we'll see a kind of throwback livery because when McLaren did that in Monaco, it was really cool and. But I do, I think it's quite good that they've not kind of gone for that full rebrand again because they've had, they basically had a change in um, livery every season, pretty much. There was what, 2018 was Martini, 2019, was that the one that was going to be Colgate? And then, no, that was 2020. Um, 2019 was Rocket, 2020 was going to be Colgate and then um, Rocket pulled out and then it was kind of that like halfway one. 2021 was, again, just kind of like, a, like random I don't know like blue and white a bit random and then mm. so it's been like a very different they've not really had like a set I guess like um design going all the way through or they've not really had like something to build I guess their branding around and their um but fans like different designs every single year Adam they like they want a different livery every single year Adam this is what Twitter wants <laughs> well yeah, that is that is what Twitter wants, but I am not Twitter, thankfully. I don't know Elon Musk. So yeah, I'm yeah, gonna absolutely. I've been to the Twitter <laughs> building though in San Francisco oh, yeah. and it's really just like non-descript. It's like in the it's just on the street. Like there's just like a row of shops basically mm. in some like I don't know, like five story buildings, brick buildings, and it's just there. There's like a Twitter thing outside and we were walking past and we didn't even know that we were gonna go past it. Um and then we did. <laughs> and then we just thought, oh well. Um and I went to the loo there and you said your urinal. So I've weed on Twitter. 
that's my claim to fame, a bit of fame. Um, but yeah, getting it back to F1, I think like, yeah, having that brand identity, building that brand identity fully into is pretty big. And obviously they've got two drivers who they can build it around now who will hopefully be there for the foreseeable. They've got Logan Sargent first American driver in F1 for a few years, first full-time driver for over 15 years, yada, 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 heard all the stats before, but you know, they'll hope that that comes with a boost. And um, they said that kind of having that American-ness was kind of, you know, part of what was making them um, investable. And then obviously Alex Albon, if he can continue his good form from last season. So I can't actually remember the question that you asked me right at the start, but I hope I've answered it in some way in that. Um, But overall, I like the Williams car. I was there at the launch virtually. So Mm. that was fun. That was my first ever F1 press event. So tick that one off the list. Yeah, tick it off the list. He's got many things on his list, uh, as Adam. Things that I can't say on him. But anyway, uh, let's. Uh, I agree with your points on the, on the sponsorship stuff and the and delivery and that kind of thing. Uh, in terms of what for this year, the Williams, I, I am not 100% sure about how well they're going to do. I mean, they don't have a technical director. They've, they've got Jos Capito has obviously left as team principal. Uh, in December, James Valls has come in. He used to be the Mercedes chief, chief strategist. Into, so, just in terms of the management structure, there's a lot of instability, I think. And I, I think the car, I think the car is going to be the least competitive again on the grid, uh, unfortunately. Uh, so, that's my big fear with them. I'd say I, I just don't see them doing too much better than last year. Is that something you would agree with? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. If you want to see our thoughts on all of our team expectations for the year, then it's on Total Most Sport, the site that we both write for, and we Nigel will be putting out um an article with all of all of the or a selection of the team's thoughts um on each team per day until what day does it end? Uh, 21st 21st so you can check back on that every day to have a look but um yeah i i I agree i think it's they just feel like they're lacking some long-term direction now apart from having the same car um or the same car livery so yeah i think jos capito's firing just kind of felt quite impetuous and like you know they haven't really got the thought behind it i do we didn't actually do um talk about james Fowles being hired because i think we did like a two-week gap Mm. between podcasts um but i'm not sure you know he was clearly very valued at mercedes and his remit went like you know he he had value beyond being a chief strategist but in terms of what a chief strategist kind of skill set is then it's quite you know it's like making decisions under pressure and um you know kind of quite like micromanaging there's not you know compared to being in in a team principal there's a lot fewer kind of variables to do and it's about being able to process that very quickly and then make a snap decision on the front on the fly um you know there's planning stuff as well but that's kind of where um you know what separates the men from the boys in that so um yeah and i'm just not kind of sure how that compares to you know the kind of much bigger kind of overarching remit of being a team principal where it's a lot you know over a much bigger time scale you're not making those snap decisions so much but you are having to you know make decisions with a huge long-term impact so i think you know it's an interesting position to hire someone from and bring someone in because it's not like you know being a technical director and then going to a team principal where there's a lot more similarity um yeah i'm kind of not sure yeah I, yeah I'm, I'm not really sure that the two will translate that well and we'll have to see. But 
I, I agree overall. I think I'm not sold on the car. I think Albon will be able to make the best of it. I'm still not sure about Sargent either. I think I said this a few times that I think this year might be a learning year and we'll only see the best of him in 2024. So yeah, I think there are a lot of question marks and I don't see them being answered that well, really. Uh, on Vals, the way I kind of saw it, my first thought was, I think it's Mercedes trying to almost... I mean, they had ties with Williams to some extent anyway, but now I think those ties are a bit bigger and they might have a bit more influence on the team. So when teams are for example, I think Williams are almost certainly going to go the same way with Mercedes. Uh, and kind of, yeah, I just think there's going to be a closer link, which is interesting uh, in terms of, well, I think Mercedes haven't been happy with Red Bull and Alpha Tauri and that kind of thing, or Ferrari and Alpha Romeo and Bohas. So I would I wouldn't, I wouldn't say like Williams is a Mercedes B but I don't know, just in terms of the politicalness of F one. Uh yeah. I, I just think Williams and Mercedes uh are a lot closer now, I think. Uh so yeah. Yeah, I'd I'd kind of I think that's interesting. I mean, in terms of, I've said I'm not sure the hire will work, but obviously, like, you know, it's it it depends on who else was there because I think I think it was just me and Freddie on when they um, let Yoscapito go or when Yoscapito left. Um, but we kind of said, you know, who else out there is there? So if you know, it's a choice between uh, Vals and Binotto. I would have taken Binotto. But if it's a choice between Vals and Inaki Rueda, the Ferrari's chief strategist, then I would have taken um, Vals. So, like, you know, it did kind of depends on who was out, who else was out there as to whether it's a good hire. But yeah, it, if I don't know, that doesn't kind of. It's not really a great, you know. That doesn't feel like a kind of you know exciting long term strategy for Williams to be kind of tied closer to Mercedes. But um, you know, if it can help. <laughs> Them get back up the grid, then that's something. But you know, it kind of effectively caps your ceiling. Uh, what Alpha Tauri have done a few seasons where they've, I think, finished like fifth or sixth. Yeah. Um, you know, and being able to compete for the top five on occasion. So, yeah, I think it's. I don't know. I, I'm not not that hopeful for Williams this season, really. Mm-hmm. They are going to be last then, even with the, because this is the best driver out we've had since what. Bottas and Massa 2016, I'd say. Because I mean, since then they've had Stroll, Sorokin, uh, Russell. Who else? Who else? Well, yeah, Russell, Russell's good. Yeah, Kibetsu. so yeah, I'd say since Massa and Bottas, this is probably the best lineup. I'd say. Yeah. Not bad, far, actually. Because the first time they've been able to pick like two drivers who aren't so called pay drivers as well. Uh, well, I guess it so, depends. Yeah. It depends, with... like where you look, because like uh, George Russell, I'd say better than Alex Albon. So then, like, mm. it's how much better Logan Sargent is than Nicholas Latifi, and whether that gap yeah. lines up or not. To be fair, so, but yeah, certainly one of their best lineups. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I think me and Adam think uh, they are going to be towards the back, if not at the back. Uh, this year, moving on to Alfa Romeo, who have got a weird, weird team management structure, which I still understand, but I'm going to read out what the uh, team representative, Alessandro Aluni uh, Ravi, was uh, said during the car launch when he was asked, how did it work? Uh, so basically, Andrea Seidel 
has moved over. He's now the CEO. I don't know why he was sitting down drawing the wall watching uh, the drivers and the and uh, Alessandro Aludi Bravi talk. Uh, but Episado was the CEO. Uh, Bravi is going to talk and work with the head of engineering, which is Jevi Pujala. He's been there for a few years. And Sander will be the sporting director. He's been there for a few years as well. So they don't have a team principal. They're basically working together and are kind of on the same line in terms of the pecking order. The team, I don't think it's really going to make a difference to the competitiveness, <laughs> to be honest. It's just a payroll and management structure thing. Uh, but the car... Looks great, I thought. So the best looking car on the grid, I think, Adam. In terms of livery. In terms of livery, yeah. Yeah. I'm not a fan, to be honest. Oh, um, really? I think I can see people that I know um out of my window, which looks onto a busy road in Sheffield. So you see me waving, and that's why. But um It was yeah. that's why he's he's on the podcast today. Yeah, Freddie is outside my window looking in, waving. Um yeah, so I, I I'm not a fan of it to be honest. Um I I'm getting it now to see to have a quick refresh. But yeah, I kind of I think really they peaked with that. Um actually the livery they had before um Alfa Romeo came on as the kind of full um you know title sponsor team runner was was the best with that um yeah the kind of red and red and white and then to be fair the one they had uh, in 2021 was very good as well um yeah I'm, I'm not a bigger fan of it it will help them save weight because they don't have to paint the black bits on race day they can just have like the bare carbon fiber um so i guess that's <laughs> like an advantage but yeah i'm as i don't think it's as good a looker as um as some of the others also like the kind of angle of the strike this is like really i don't know like graphical but the angle of the strike going back is quite weird because it's just like kind of cuts the car in half like it's not really it's pretty much vertical and it's not really kind of going with like the flow of any lines it's just like you know chopping the car in half vertically which doesn't mm. look great so yeah i'd say it's and even like before they had um even before they had alfa romeo when they had those like blue and gold liveries as Sauber I thought they were classic as well so it's really like since those grey ones in 2016 was it 16 or 14 um they had those I think it's the worst one since those oh remember mate I've got an awful memory <laughs> oh there we go but yeah, yeah. I'm not a fan is, is what I'm saying in terms of their fun. season I'll let you speak first on that I think well they finished sixth last year was very impressive. They just hung on to six because uh, Aston Martin were chasing them down and they actually did it on countback thanks to Bottas's fifth place at Imola. I think it was, yeah. I'm going to go with that. I thought they were two uh, so, yeah, ahead. thanks to Bottas's. Or is that half? No, I think, it, I think they did it on countback. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I wrote those articles and that, so of course I know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's not, it's not going to be as good as last year. I think. They're going to struggle to get those fifth, sixth, seventh type places that they got in the early part of last season. And I think uh, they were outdeveloped, certainly by Aston Martin, in the second half of the season. And I think this year, it's going to be kind of momentum from last year into the new season. That's how I kind of see it for most of the teams this year. So I think Alfa Romeo are going to drop back. The driver line... I have massive question marks about. I mean, someone's got to be the worst driver on the grid. I do think that is show. 
uh, <laughs> unfortunately. I just, I just don't think his ceiling is quite high enough for me. His peak was almost his debut in Bahrain. Uh, I mean, yes, Card uh, wasn't developed that well, and he didn't, and he probably had better races, but wasn't able to show show in terms of results. But there wasn't that much improvement to me from Bahrain last year. So I think with Joe, we've seen what we're going to get. I don't see him making that step, as people call it. I just don't see him improving. And then Bottas, I've got question marks about him in terms of his racecraft, uh, because I think he struggles to follow cars. Uh, this has been a problem he's had all the way through F1, so we saw that at Mercedes. So his one lap pace will be great. And I think at times he's going to deliver some stunning laps and get into Q3 when you might go out in Q1, that kind of thing. But in the races, I don't know. I, don't, I just, his racecraft to me is a problem. And when you're in the midfield, when it's tight, when you do need to get your elbows out, when you need to follow cars and read trains, that is a big problem. So I think the driver lineup is kind of weak uh, this year, I think. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Um, we We talked about this on our Rate, uh, rank the driver lineups podcast a few weeks ago mm. so please go and check that out because that was a lot of fun to do um and had some nice and nice disagreements that and, was the worst yeah. podcast we've ever done no yeah, i'm saying it <laughs> that was fantastic <laughs> nigel i duped nigel <laughs> so therefore it is the best podcast we've ever done for some um, did i explain this on a podcast at the time but like for some context for those people who've seen adam basically sent me his list because i told him not to but he did anyway it was like end of december like last year uh but he sent me a different one point so i prepared for the list that he sent but then it was a different one so i had all these arguments but then when he read it out i couldn't argue and that's why i got confused when he said like mercedes was missing the best one i thought he was gonna say ferrari and stuff like that so there we go there's that context now but if you haven't seen it you can go and watch it back and laugh at me and praise adam for you know uh doing like better stuff than me which he always does anyway yeah going on so um yeah so long like that long-winded approach they kind of had an under the radar sixth place because it is still really good finishing sixth place. And I feel like it's maybe yeah. not been appreciated as much as it should because they don't have the most talented driver lineup on the grid. Um, but it's kind of, I think just a lot of teams were weaker. Like I made this point compared mm. to like 2020 where you had Alpha Tauri up there and you had Racing Point were like battling Red Bull on occasion. Um, and, you know, certainly at the front of that midfield. Then... It was a lot stronger competition, um, and McLaren kind of out of sight from from teams like Alfa Romeo as well. Um, so I think it was maybe other teams just doing kind of falling back from where they were under the new regulations, rather than Alfa Romeo really taking a step forward. And I kind of think that is, I think they're going to struggle. They do need to get their development sorted out and kind of get that. They, you know, I think they've worked on their infrastructure and um, got their kind of better processes for getting those upgrades on the car but they do really need to work on that and it's it's also kind of weird because they are in some ways just treading water until Audi come in they won't see it like that obviously and then yeah with Zhou Guan Yu yeah I think you've you've kind of summed it up he's just you know can he take that step forward I'm not sure I don't I think just fundamentally you know he's he's clearly like well liked in the team. I think he could very well stay around for yeah. another season. His contract's up at the end of this season. I can see him getting another extension mm. a lot based on just the fact that yeah. the team really do like him and value him. 
but I'm just not sure he's got the really top end talent to like make that step yeah. up and be one of the best drivers, I guess, in class. Um, yeah. Valtteri Bottas, but I've I still think... got huge, huge respect for Joe, by the way. Like, I'm not, oh, like, yeah, out about it, but like, in terms of when we're talking about just the 20 F1 drivers, yeah, me, but someone has to be worse. So, he, for me, he is the weak link there, but I've still got, I mean, I've got respect for every single race driver world, so. Uh, just in case anyone's watching this, so we can all stop bullying. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, yeah, it's, it's like you say, someone someone has to be the worst, and I think we both think that he is. Um, Bottas, I'd say he's the best qualifier out of that kind of group at the back. Um, but yeah, it, it's just that when it gets into race day, like, can he do it? Can he make the difference on the Sunday that, you know, can be like four or six points difference? And, you know, when you think that they only scored 55 last season, then that can be, you know, it, well, it would have been the difference between them or Aston Martin um, getting that sixth spot. So, yeah, I think I'm not, I, th- I think they'll be kind of, it'll be crashing back to earth for them. I think they'll be fighting against, you know, potentially Alpha Tauri, depends how Haas are doing, but I think it will be kind of that, um, yeah, that group at the back. Again, unfortunately, because um, it, it would be nice of them to go into that Audi partnership with some momentum. But yeah, it's interesting what you say about Alpha in terms of the reception of them. Actually, I think a lot of it is kind of recency bias. But in terms of when I say recency, like I mean the second half of last season, because they started off last uh, last year so so. Arguably, had the third best car at uh, some of the tracks early on, like Imola, for example. Uh, but then after that, in the second half of the season, there were probably six, seven, four, eight fast cars. I think it's just that momentum that we talked about earlier. But also, the team itself has always, I don't know, I felt it's almost lapsed, apart from Raikkonen, it's lapsed a bit of carrots and personality within the team, maybe. Uh, so maybe I think that's with it as well. Yeah, I agree on that. And even when they had Raikkonen, him and Giovinazzi, you know, were. It wasn't, you know, the kind of most spectacular driver lineup on the grid then. Raikkonen was kind of past it or, you know, very close to past it. So, yeah, I, I think, but like Freddie said on the last episode, like it's not just been a thing for the few years. Kind of barred Leclerc, then they've kind of, you know, it's not been a great team or there's not been much excitement about it for a while. And it just kind of feel like they're treading water and it looked like they might try and make a play for Norris or another big name driver when Audi do come in. So, yeah, I don't know. It's... Um, yeah, I think they of... haven't made many technical signings as well. That's that's another thing because I like, hear like Aston Martin. That's another team to kind of say it's, it's another team where it's just an Aston Martin badge, effectively, and there's nothing more to put money into it. It's not much more than that. But then they've made signings like Dan Files were off my head for a mail. I can't remember to make any big signings or anything like technically within the team as well so to, to create that you know almost excitement that oh they've got a Mercedes or Red Bull uh, top engineer and that kind of thing so I think that's part of it as well yeah I think so I think I think the the car kind of in terms of the actual car because they were the first team to release their actual car um or something yeah. close to it um it, it does look like it has got some potential they've kind of channeled a lot of what works for um, Red Bull and Ferrari from last season. So they've got the kind of letterbox um, side pod um, air intakes mm. um, rather than the kind of teardrop ones. And they've got more of the kind of Red Bull packaging around the back of the car as well. So, but, you know, those teams will have taken another step forward this season. So it's kind of yeah, hard yeah. to judge until it gets on track. Like it looks like it would 
do a lot better last season, but like you'd expect that from a yeah. car this season. So yeah, in terms of like, it's nice that they did actually reveal the car. Um, Nigel could have been on TV um, in the car launch, but he <laughs> but he wasn't. So um, yeah, tough tough for that. Yeah. But um, yeah, if, apart- if I was, I, w- I was going to shout out the podcast. Like generally, I was going to risk it. Who cares about the FIA? I was going to risk it. <laughs> that is that is good. That that is good. But um, yeah, I I think. Yeah, I like I say, I think the sixth place might be a bit of a home to mark for them. Yeah, I think so too. So so far we are agreeing and talk about Alfa now because they were the third car uh, to launch on Saturday night. It was in the UK and Europe, uh, in New York. Uh, what from what I saw, they also talked about Alpha Tauri the clothes brand because that's what it is. But I haven't got any. Of that kind of clothes, obviously, I don't have any F clothes actually. So neither do know, I. No, it's not just Alfatari. I don't have it. There we are. So I reckon two. we might be. Actually, no, I do. I've got a Ferrari shirt and hat that they were giving away free at Autosport 2020, and I don't think I've ever worn either <laughs> of them. Um, I was gonna wear, I was gonna wear the Ferrari hat if they won a race in 2020, and obviously wasn't it didn't. if Mark Cavendish like won. Oh yeah, Chance, you say as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was twenty-one. Um, and spoiler alert, he didn't. So, um, but he got a lot closer than I thought he would. In fairness, so um, yeah, yeah, maybe I'll make that bet again for this season. Um, yeah, if, if we ever start the, I don't know what the like the handlebar and get cycling podcast. If we ever start that, then um, go and listen to that because me and Nigel do talk a lot about cycling. But um, yeah, give it. Yeah, we just talk a lot. <laughs> but yeah, we do. But um. Yeah, I completely lost. So, um, yeah, yeah. I reckon we're one of the only like <laughs> F1 podcasts out there who don't. No, because then Freddie does. Freddie owns lots. Okay, abandon that yeah. point. Doesn't matter. False alarm. Uh, us two don't have lots of F1 merchandise yeah. and buy like, stuff there. Mm. Yeah, because we it's so expensive. <laughs> yeah. But then again, I think we analyse better than most podcasts. So there we go. Let's uh, <laughs> move on. Uh, a dog about Alpha Tauri, see how we can analyze them. Introduce them, so <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just I'm just doing it twice. Why not? Why not? Who cares? Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna do it when, when we don't have like Freddy to anchor us, we do get yeah. kind of like when I don't know when it's um Nigel and Freddy, it's like I don't know a bit more um, a bit it's more, more like, serious, yeah, it's more nerdy. Um, and then when it's like yeah, me and yeah. Freddy or me and Nigel, then it goes a bit more off the rails. Yeah. Well, that's only been you and Freddie twice, hasn't it? Two or three times. Yeah. Um, once. No, it's been more than once. Anyway. But yeah, it's not been that many. Was it more than once? Anyway, Alpha Towering. People anyway. want to hear this. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, maybe they do. If you do, comment. Mm. <laughs> they finished uh, last year. The one, one of the worst seasons since... Uh, one in 2006 as Toyo Rosso. They have never, ever finished in the top five in the Constructors' Championship, even though Franz Tost in 2006 said the target was to finish in the top five. <laughs> Do you think, Adam, that is going to happen this year? Because I don't, because that's very ambitious. No, I don't. I think Aston Martin will take a step forward, and I think... McLaren will still be around there. I think Alpine will be um, at the front of the midfield. So I don't think it will happen. Um, I mean, also just again, like drivers, it's a very, like, we don't want to just repeat the driver ranking podcast, but it's got a lot of unknowns about it. It could come out as one, the better, you know, I reckon like both drivers could be around like top 12 in the, 
like in when we're talking about the end of season like driver rankings i could i think they could both surprise but like just based off what we know now and what we've seen um then there's not that kind of track record there so yeah i just think you know again they might grab a few headline results but overall i don't think yeah i don't think they're going to be anywhere near that top 5 i think it's going to be a roller coaster season for both drivers, actually, I think they're going to shine at some races, but then make silly mistakes at other races. Uh, so, in a way, it can be a continuation of what we've seen from Sonoda in his first two years in F1. But I also think the reasons can be quite similar in that respect. But I do think this is going to be Sonoda's big year. It's going to be like his big breakthrough. And I think people are going to say he deserves to be in F1. Uh, I think he is going to beat De Vries overall in terms of the performance head-to-head. Uh, so I just, yeah, I, I mean, I've said this a couple of years ago, actually. I always have a bit more leeway for Asian drivers who come over to Europe and because they have to learn the culture, they have to learn the tracks. It's like, it's such, I think people underestimate, no, stop laughing, people underestimate like the massive challenge that they've got to come over from Asia to Europe, like compared to the European drivers, just after you they've said got such a big the advantage. On the grid. <laughs> <laughs> no, what he's been racing in Europe. No, how long has he been racing in Europe? Because I racing in Europe yeah, twenty nineteen, so older. Uh, so like, uh, this is my big thing with him, and he, he's he's not done many like single seater races, cars as well. Whereas your Russells, your Sciences, Norris's. They have done, they did They did a lot of single-seater racing. So so in that respect, Sonoda's still still quite new because he hasn't got as much single-seater experience or and especially racing, racing in, in Europe as well. So I've still, I'm still going to back him. I think he's going to beat DeVries overall and this is his big breakthrough year. That, that is my, I don't really do hot takes because I don't even know why. I just think you should just make predictions. Well, that is my hot take if you want a hot take from me uh, this season. I think the the thing with, I always break out this stat when we're talking about AlphaTauri is like, even when they've had good cars and good drivers, then they've never, they, they don't like put it together into like good race weekends for both sides of the garage. Mm. So they've only had 10 um, double points finishes like both drivers scoring points finishes um since Ever. the start of since the start of 2017 so oh. even though like they've had you know like gasly kvyat albon have all been doing well for the team then they've never had that kind of you know hmm. both drivers doing well on both sides of garage being able to do do well consistently so um yeah i think that's kind of i i think with sonoda there's like they, yeah, I agree. I think you know, DeVries and Sonoda have both shown that they're quick and both shown that they're maybe not the most consistent drivers in the world. So, um, yeah, I think it's like you say. I, well, I'm just going to repeat what you said. I think, yeah, up and down. And well, word, word for word, repeat exactly what I said. Are you? Are impressive? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I think that I've always got a lot of sympathy for Asian drivers that come over to Europe and do well, and I'll give them a bit more leeway because he's on. No, I can't. I can't remember the rest of it, and I don't know. Sonoda's no, driving don't. profile up right now. Um, how long was Guan Yu your your Guan Yu racing in Europe before he stepped it to F1? Um, 2016 is the answer. Um, so so there you yeah. go. That's quite no, but seriously, that is yeah, quite no. a long time now compared to Sonoda. So that's, that's the thing with point. like anyway. Joe Guan Yu is he he just didn't. That's oh, 20. 2014, no, 2015. Yeah, uh, 2015. 
Um, but yeah, like that's the thing. Like, um, Sonoda really didn't have a lot of experience, like racing experience before getting in the car, but it's now getting to the point where after this season, he will have completed 60 races. Yeah. Over yeah, 20 odd, isn't it? Yeah. So it's kind of getting to the point where that isn't really an excuse anymore. So yeah, yeah I think I um yeah, it's it's a re- real proof year, especially the um like Honda and Red Bull seem to have decisively split now Ford have come in. So there's not that kind of potential that people said they might keep him on because they go back to Honda and he's a Honda driver. Mm-hmm. So and they've got a Yuma Uwasa in F2, who had a good season last year and I think finished fifth, and he's one to yeah. look out for this season. I really think he could start. So between all yeah. of those factors, um, I think there'll be some headline results for AlphaTauri, but I'm not sure they are going to kind of be able to fight with the kind of, you know, genuine midfield, uh, you yeah. know, that kind of like sixth, sixth, like fifth, sixth, seventh region, um, you know, maybe mm-hmm. up to eighth, then I think they're not going to be able to fight there consistently. And just on De Vries, quickly on him, how do you think he's going to go? Do you think this is going to be his only season in F1, potentially, if he doesn't do well? No, I don't think... Because uh, he is it's 27, right? Um, I don't know. Yeah. Like, he's... This is just a lot of like me sighing noises. Because um... <laughs> he got like a wassy, he got Liam Lawson and... So one of one of them is going to do well. Now, well, if he wins Super Formula though this this year, then he'll be in F1 next year. I'm quite confident if that's the case. So like, there's so many Red Bull Junior drivers coming through. One of them is going to do well this year. So there is big pressure on De Vries and Sonoda. I would be surprised if Alpha had the same lineup this time next year. I know there's been no racing and that kind of thing. But I will be very, very surprised. And I do feel, I have to say now, I feel De Vries will be the one to go. That's interesting. You don't really get many one and duns in F1 anymore. Um... Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Massapin. <laughs> yeah, but even then, that wasn't like... He, he, <laughs> yeah, he wasn't meant to be. Um, <laughs> and I don't think Holland's going to invade like... France, so um, <laughs> I don't think that's going to be. I don't, I don't even border France. That was a stupid thing to say. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so <laughs> so I don't think he's going to lose his seat for that reason. But um, yeah, actually, you persuaded me because he does need to. Like, he's not got that. Like, oh, in a few. Well, I didn't really explain to him. I just kind of said my statement. No, but no, but you kind of did. Like, and. Yeah, he is He is 27. He's had a lot of racing, so it's not like you're kind of going to think... You know, he had a lot of time like in F1 cars as well. Um, he was, a, I believe, McLaren Jr. and Mercedes Jr. And, you know, so he's had testing. He was kind of a postseason test regular for Mercedes, um, him and Van Dorn. So, yeah, I think... Yeah, actually, I, th- I think you've... I think you've... you've convinced me without convincing me i've convinced myself of your point um so yeah i can see i i, I definitely think it's unlikely that they don't have the same driver lineup um uh, but i probably would have said to no yeah. but actually i can i think it's probably more likely to be debris okay no i persuaded adam for the first time but, then, about it, but, 15 then, he bumps. Did, but then he did really run well on his debut like he sat right in and just did the job yeah, and did. he's and he's like yeah. done well when he has been testing the cars then he's done well um so, 
He's a, he's one to watch. I'll, well, I'll, I'll sit on the fence. He's one to watch. Don't worry, we didn't freeze her. That was just Adam's brain ticking over for you. My brain froze. You didn't hear anything. <laughs> nah, my brain's been frozen since 2000. Uh, We've noticed. Let's, let's talk about the car launches in general, because he wanted to make a point, Adam. Now, you're going to surprise me with this point, because I have no idea what it is, so hit me with your surprise comment. Well, it's just like everyone getting annoyed at driver launches. Uh, sorry, car <laughs> launches. When they're not, like, what are you expecting? Like Red Bull, everyone got really, I should have said this last week, everyone got really like annoyed of, oh, you know, they're showing off their other athletes and not even focusing F1. And then they did all of that only to reveal like the same car that they've had before and and then do afford, like, yes, having saying Domenicali is going to go on stage and then him not being there <laughs> is embarrassing. But overall, and I think the female host wasn't very good either. And the um like... Budget Matthew McConaughey was, um, I guess, an acquired taste, but I've lived in the South of America, so uh, the South of the US, so I have acquired that taste. Um, yeah, but like, I just don't get this whole thing with people being like, oh, they forced us to watch for an hour and then showed us the same car. Like, with Red Bull, you know it's going to be the same car. If you're going to be that annoyed that it is the same car, then don't watch for an hour. Like, no one's forcing you to watch this. You know it's going to be... Um, you know, random stuff. It's going to be like them filming a music video or like designing clothes merch or whatever. It's not I, like if you don't want to watch it or if you don't want to sit through all of that, then don't watch it or have be doing something else and just have it on in the background. Like people hype it up to be something that it's not. And yeah, just don't be disappointed when everyone, when like it can't be disappointed if it meets expectations and everyone's expectations for things like this aren't high to begin with. Or if they are, then they're artificially high. They've been inflated and they shouldn't be. So yeah, just like everyone cool down and chill on the, oh, it was a rubbish car launch. Like, you know, they are what they are. I think it was pretty cool actually that Red Bull did that because it is like one of the biggest events that they will have control, sole control over in the year yeah. and to promote athletes from other sports that don't get that exposure like i can, can you name a fencer because you know more about sport than even <laughs> me uh oh the british one i forgot his name i can't name one i can't but if his name oh, comes back to me i'll name it okay well yeah. there we go like <laughs> even me and nigel who have like a combined sporting knowledge bigger than most people or most pairs of people can't name a bigger fencer, than the like... whole world thanks to me mate <laughs> <laughs> then like you know it's not Using that to cross-promote, I think is quite good. It's like, you know, using it to promote your junior drivers is also quite good. But just don't get annoyed or think, oh, it's the same It's the same thing over and over again. Or don't get annoyed that, you know, the host isn't great. Like, just don't watch them. It's not just wait until the pictures come out. Or if you do watch it, then don't have those expectations that it's going to be the best thing in the world. When most of these, most of these F1 teams are just building a brand, they're going to keep it similar and, you know, it's not going to be exciting. It's not going to be world-beating. It's going to be a lot of the same stuff. It's going to be a lot of PR because it, it is a PR event. So, yeah, just less of the, oh, they forced us to watch all, all of this and then it's the same car again. Just lower people's expectations, please. Darren, done. No, no one forces anyone to... I mean, I mean, I agree, by the way. No one forces anyone to watch it. It's your choice mm. what you want to watch. Vote uh, with I mean, your feet. Like if you don't yeah. like it, if you don't like it, then don't watch it. And then maybe teams will change it up. Either they'll think, well, it's fine us having less viewership or we want more viewership. So let's change it and make it more interesting. But don't like, don't do both. Like, yeah, just kind of vote with your feet. If you are annoyed at the way drive car launches are going, then yeah, you don't have to watch. Sorry. 
I've cut it again. So. No, I, I I agree. I think I I mean for me, I think I've said this before. Liveries, car launches, I really do not care. <laughs> like, I, I don't care about the call. I don't care how long or short car launches or how they do it. Uh, I haven't for years just because I'm more bothered about the performance, the sporting aspect, really. So that's just me. So yeah, <laughs> I, I just find it funny when people. Uh, I mean, I mean, of course, when people can, are suffering. Uh, I, no, no. <laughs> I find it funny when people complain. No, I find it funny when people complain about things that are not really that important in life. There we go. That's my general. Uh, things. Getting quite deep now. Uh, so yeah, yeah. No, sorry. Uh, we're going to get more actually on this fun episode uh, because we're going to talk about Mohammed Ben Sulaim because we haven't spoken about him for over a month now. There has been a lot of controversy uh, surrounding him, not just with uh, him talking about F1's value and F1 getting angry about that. There was. Uh, something or someone revealed that in 2001, I think it was, or just over 20 years ago, uh, that Ben Sulaim wrote the following, which I'm going to read now. He said that he does not like women who think they are more intelligent than men because they are not in truth. Uh, he said that over 20 years ago. I don't think he has commented on since the FIA have said that is nothing to do with them, basically. Then there has also been a big debate about the FIA's regulation now that they want to speak about school or religious uh, views. Uh, they have to written consent from the FIA. That was announced in December uh, at the end of the year. And F1, Stefano Domenicali, has basically said that they don't agree with that completely. Uh so there is that continuation of Bensel IM versus F1. Uh, he has stepped down from his day-to-day duties, as it is, and Nicholas Tombasis, uh, who is the director, FIA's director of single-seater racing, will now be the point of contact for the 10 teams. Oh, quickly on that point, actually, uh, Bensel IM, when he was making his manifesto in 2021 before he became president. He did say he wanted to do that. He didn't want to have as many duties or as hands-on as he was. So to me, that bit of news wasn't really news. It was just him doing what he said he was going to do. Just people have forgotten about it and all this controversy made them think it was a big thing, but it wasn't. But anyway, the other is big news, of course. On the free speech thing, Adam, that was very long. Uh, On the free speech debate, what are your kind of thoughts on it and what should be happening? Well, we covered this already, so I'll keep it quite brief. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a good thing. I don't think, I think um, silencing people people's ability to make political statements is a political statement in itself. And F1 wouldn't be racing in a lot of the countries that it was racing in if it wasn't for politics. You can't separate sport and politics as people think that you can. There's also, you know, when people are labeling our white, you know, when drivers do make political statements, oh, why don't they just focus on racing? Why don't they focus on their job? 90% of the people saying those aren't professional activists. So, you know, if you're, I don't know, an electrician or a researcher or a math teacher and you're saying why doesn't Lewis Hamilton just focus on his job well 
you know, you're going to say political stuff as well. Why don't you just focus on your job? It kind of cuts both ways. Um, so, yeah, there's that. I also get annoyed when, especially when there's stuff about the environment and people, you know, call out drivers and are, you know, how can you race an F1? How can you be part of something that is so environmentally damaging and still talk about it and still kind of say, you know, call out other people for, um, you know, environmental unfriendliness? Because, um, again, it's just really, really... Um, some people just kind of aren't satisfied um, or will never be satisfied about things or, you know, why don't Lewis, when people, you know, when Hamilton will make a Black Lives Matter um, statement and then people get annoyed about why he's not also made statements about 15 other different issues. And, you know, it's just like they're really cheap, um, kind of just cheap ploys or cheap comebacks that aren't really, um, you know, aren't really legitimate and aren't, don't really kind of, make the point that you want to make so yeah overall those yeah. are just some of the gripes i have with um people's arguments against drivers and sports people and just um you know celebrities in general making political statements i don't think there is within reason you know i don't think people should be making ex extremist statements but within reason i don't think there's an issue with it and like i said you can't separate sport and politics even if you try and if you do try then that is making a political statement in itself yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, anyone gets annoyed that someone doing something for 10 seconds or a minute or however long this a gesture or protest is, I mean, he's got to look at himself. I'm generally getting annoyed at someone sticking their hand up to support Black Lives Matter or kind of knee and that kind of thing. So that's the way I kind of see it. And I completely agree with all your points. And we've talked with the way I've discussed this over the last few couple of years as well. What I do want to bring up is. I would absolutely love it if a driver went ahead and did some kind of protest in Bahrain. I don't think it would happen, but it's a bit like the World Cup when, uh, with the armband controversy, when England ended up, did, did, didn't, didn't wear the armband again because they were threatened with uh, a yellow card at the World Cup. I would love it. The powerful message if a driver did some kind of protest or something, they, if they really believe in it, because especially if, if someone as big as Lewis Hamilton did it, who's probably the most important driver on the grid, the FIA, would they really, really penalise him? Because they haven't said, well, if there is going to be any punishment, and if there is, what that punishment will be. So that is what I want to see. If these drivers, the guys who want to make political statements, if they really believe in something, now is really the time to do it. It would be such a huge message. Opening race of the season, everyone watching, you know, free form in the UK and Europe prime time in, on, on, on a Sunday. That would be huge to me. I agree. I think kind of attached to the, I think it's going to become less of an issue for the FIA to police because Max Verstappen mm. isn't really bothered about making political statements for everything we've seen. And he's going to be, you know, the leader yeah. of F1, um, you know, globally for the next few years. So once Hamilton does retire, I don't think there'll be that person to fill the void. Um, you know, having said that, Vettel and Hamilton didn't make the statements at the start of their careers that they are making now. So maybe he will change, but it's just his whole personality, his whole persona, his whole approach to racing is is very much on the racing rather than any stuff around it. So I think it's going to be... Which is fine, by the way. That's just how he is. But yeah. you, know, you, could, you could argue he should be doing it, but that's just the way he is. Yeah, uh, we're not, um, not criticising him for that. Well, I I kind of wish. Well, he, he can, did. You can to some extent. Yeah, so, I, yeah. you know, per, my personal opinion is I kind of wish he did um, because you know he does have mm. that platform. But you know, I'm not gonna um, 
kind of go overboard with that or criticise him. Yeah. Um, I know, mean, here's what the drivers actually said: which they shouldn't have this rule. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think if actually every driver who's been asked about it has said why have they got this rule actually. No, uh, Logan Sargent so, yeah. hasn't because I asked him and he just said like, um, he said something okay. like we've not seen, um, oh, what was it? It was kind of oh, you know, we've not um, the FIA haven't defined it properly, or they've and or they've not defined the punishment properly. But yeah, he was there. Okay, he's the only one I've seen who has kind of. Had, That's like, interesting. Well, yeah. well I see Magnussen. Hulkenberg, Verstappen, Perez, and Albon definitely. Yeah. Have I said that, but yeah, it is just it is. Well, I guess it is part of this Mohammed Ben Sulaim uh, debate as well with F one. This is one aspect of it. I mean, what do you what do you think Ben Sulaim's position position is now? I think we kind of uh, disagreed on whether this will quieten down a few weeks ago. I thought. Uh, with people talking about you of F1, that was just the start of something. I think you said it was gonna, you know, fade away. What's your kind of take on it now? Um, kind of still the same, really, because it's. I guess it's it's not faded. I don't know because there's not been like many noises out. Like apart from him stepping mm. down, which, as you say, was his manifesto promise anyway. Then there's not kind of been yeah. any noises like i think my my point when we talked about it before was that there won't be any more like official statements on this or we won't see stuff out in the open um from this and we haven't and i think that will be the case so with him stepping away then it may not be an issue it probably will flare up at some point down the line but yeah i don't think it's um yeah i don't think yeah i i I kind of stand by what i said that i don't think it's gonna we're gonna see that many um you know stuff from the horse's mouth There'll be some, so, you know, conjecture, but do you think he'll still be as bad of the season? Then, yeah, yeah, because I think with this yeah. move, I think he will. That's a good point, actually. With this move, uh, yeah, that's a good point. I think that's a good point. I still, I still think there's going to be some big, big talking points, uh, which will be fascinating to see. Uh, especially when it comes down to money, and I went on a big rant on that a few weeks ago, which you should go and watch. Uh, but I think that is it for this week for from for from from me and Adam uh, this week on the Wigan F1 podcast. You can listen to us as you are now on Spotify or Apple or other podcast platforms, or you can watch us as you are now or not now on YouTube. And you can also find this podcast and all the episodes on Total Motorsport as well, because I published them on there, thanks to our boss letting us do that. Uh, And you can also read all of our articles and features on there, which we have now got many because we are smashing, well, we're not smashing it, but we're just publishing stuff for that job. Uh, But you could say we are smashing it if you wanted to be kind and told, you know, I shall be kind and all that. I'll shout out msv.tv TikTok for Freddy because that's what he wanted to do. <laughs> um, and that's what he would do himself if he were here and we were plugging our things. Um, yeah, big, big week next week. Aston, McLaren, yep. Mercedes, Ferrari, and Alpine all launching their cars. So that'll be it. We'll have seen all 10 liveries at least. Um, and then the week after that is testing, and then there's a week in between and then the start of the season. So it's all coming yeah. thick and fast. But um, yeah, hope you join us again next week for the We and F1 podcast. Yep. So until then, we will see you then. Goodbye. That was a weird ending for me. Yes. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
Uh, Adam hangs his head. You're, you're very proud of me, aren't you, Adam? Bye. <laughs>